0: Welcome back to the boys' dynasty fantasy football podcast. I'm your co-host, everybody's favorite lawyer, Sloan Richard Schaefer Esquire. My co hosts this week cannot be introduced as two separate individuals, no. They must be introduced as a unit, and boy are they units. Co-hosts, please introduce yourselves.
1: Doughboys!
2: Doughboy number one and Doughboy number two.
0: Which one is number one and which one's number two?
2: I think Matt's always been Doughboy number one. Wow, I don't know why. Incredible.
1: I guess it's because my doughiness kind of came on late and it's just been really impactful. So <laughs> that makes sense. We need well, a we need a Doughboy like chant. I don't know what <laughs> what sounds dough makes, but we need to come up with something. I I can yeah. try
0: for future podcasts to get like a sound bite to be played when you guys are on. I think we can get that worked out. That would be awesome. But anyway, we have the Doughboys on. Josh is maybe in the air right now. He's on his way to Hawaii for vacation, so he's unable to make it this week. Uh, A well-deserved vacation, I would say. Uh, He has been doing a great job with the podcast, and he misses very few of these. And unfortunately, we don't have them this week, but a good uh, menage a trois this week with the Doughboys and, and myself. So let's, uh, kick it off with just looking at the prior week's results. Um, we had, do you say we had a lot of movement or just a little bit of movement? I feel like there wasn't any big, uh, changes in terms of the standings at the top or the bottom.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the, I think the biggest development was, was Colin, like Colin made a huge run up the, the bottom of the, the standings. He, uh, he really put some distance between himself and and Angad at the bottom, and put a couple of people in between him and Waffle House. So, I agree. You know, not a ton of fluctuation in terms of standings, but I, I to me that was the biggest takeaway of the week.
1: Yeah, I don't necessarily, you know, the the list of where people currently are didn't change, but the you know the table point amounts really were felt this week, you know, Austin and Mike, Mike kind of putting himself up Austin getting just enough points from Jonathan Taylor to, you know, still hang out above on good and um, push himself a little bit further away from him. So, you know, not a lot of positional changes, but some, some necessary points won and lost.
0: Yeah, I think Colin with the jump uh, is great for him. I really don't think we expected him to be towards the bottom uh, going into the last few weeks of the season. He had been there for a little while, but I think looking at his team, he looked good enough, and there's also a couple other teams in the league who we understood were going to keep falling and, and their teams are banged up or honestly just don't have good players in general on good, mainly because he traded him away to Josh. Uh, so. Yeah, it's uh, still a Dylan and Josh show at the top, and then really, like we've said in the past, three-horse race between myself, Matt, and Tommy for that fourth playoff spot. And, uh, Brian, it's so annoying having your pick, and you're just sitting right behind me in sixth. I I hoped for better, but I, you really performed.
2: I am really hoping the table hold the way it is so that I can say that I traded back one spot in the draft and then dealt essentially Deontay Johnson in a second for Devontae Adams that uh Devontae Adams and, and obviously that extra spot back in the first. So that would be, that would be perfect for me. I, uh, I some, I, I really was starting to regret there for a moment, trading away my first. I, uh when I had those kind of back-to-back weeks where I finished, you know, Last and like third to last, I I was having uh having a a scared moment thinking that I might plummet down into the top three and then have handed you a top three pick. But I'm hoping I can can avoid that. We'll see what happens though.
0: You're at 54 points. Austin is and Mike are at 48 points in eighth and ninth. You could fall below them. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's still possible over the course of two weeks.
2: It definitely is. It definitely is. And I'm definitely not out of the woods, but I'd rather be where I'm at right now than where, than where Austin Mike are at. So.
0: Yep. It's uh, it was, it was nice seeing Colin really put in a lot of points this past week. Diving um,
2: real quick, diving a little deeper on Colin. Sorry to interrupt you so long. No, you're but good. Diving a little deeper on Colin. I think it's actually really interesting to look at his, his, performances over the course of the year because he started really really strong if you guys remember like he was he got seven table points right out right out of the jump he had he he finished second in week four as well like he he had some really strong performances early on and then from uh weeks five through uh five through eleven here are his uh here are his table point values one, one, two, two. Four, three, five, and then his nine point performance. So he really, really struggled during the middle of the season. But his hot start and you know what's looking like a hot finish are I think gonna save him.
0: Yeah, and it's a real fall from Grace looking at last season as well, after him finishing first in the league in the regular season. Those he's just had a lot of bad weeks. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. He he couldn't get out of the, the middle tier there. Matt, what are your thoughts? I was gonna say speaking of speaking of trends, like you look at Ongood, you know, I mean, he was done at the bottom. Weeks eight and nine, he posts back to back third place finishes. Like Ongood has forty five points and sixteen of them came in two weeks in eight and nine. And in the last three weeks have been two one one. And, and it's not even, looking any better either. He hasn't he hasn't collectively gotten the same amount of points the last three weeks that he did in week nine. You know, so he's trending way down. Like it is grim, and you know the lights are not on for lights camera action right now. Let's um, look at
0: his team for this week.
1: Let's do a little bit of a, a deep dive into it. It is it is this week isn't like, I mean it's not it's definitely not great. Next week is.
2: I'll pull up next week for us. We
0: can,
1: we can do this week first, and then I'll, I'll give
2: you guys a, a dive into week 14.
0: Yeah, let's, so this let's week, look at the quarterbacks real quick. Let's start with that. We have Dak and Mac Jones. Dak against Indy, Mac Jones against Buffalo. Dak against
1: Buffalo, I'm not excited for. Dak Prescott, I mean, the Cowboys are going to go bonkers on the Colts, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I quarterbacks aren't too bad. Uh, like I said last week, I w- I think it was last week, I was trying hard to get Dak at the trade deadline because mm. good has few good players, but one of them is Dak Prescott. Um, running backs, great running backs when you look at it uh, just as a starting lineup, but Mixon coming off injury and then Kamara, he's been, I mean, he's been, he's had boom games. He's also had bust games
1: tough matchup for Kamara 2 against Tampa Bay and that defense so but you look at you look at those wide receivers and then the flex spots this mm-hmm. week and it is ooh yeah DJ Chark and uh Jahan Dotson and Jahan Dotson and then our flexes are Mac Hollins, A.J. Dillon, and we're starting Alexander Madison at yeah. 3.6. I love looking at that. I mean, hey, man, uh, Dalvin Cook could get
0: hurt and Madison could go off. We've seen him do that. But when you're starting him while Dalvin is still
1: ready to go and doesn't really have any signs of any injury, that's tough. And part of it's, you know, not the on a bye. Mike Williams is listed as questionable for uh, the game against the Raiders obviously if mike williams plays like he's going to put him in a lineup but i just don't know like even then you know a couple weeks ago they thought mike williams was healthy enough to play and on his first catch he left the game because he tweaked his ankle again so we'll, we'll wait and see there but even with mike williams in the lineup that still you know makes it a little better but not great
0: yeah, currently projected 102 points, 102.9 points, oh, 09 points, um, which uh, looks to be the lowest this week, just barely. Tommy's at 103.79, but... Uh, Tommy hasn't set Tommy's his lineup. He hasn't set his I was, was going to say, Tommy usually waits until uh, an hour before kickoff on Thursday to check it, and sometimes here's, he even misses it.
1: Here's the kicker for that. Tommy is projected... We're not starting
0: kickers anymore, My
1: Oh, I know. <laughs> Here's the uh the Harrison Butker right in the nuts for Ongood. Tommy's projected a point more than him, and he currently has two zeros in his lineup. Yep. One of them being a quarterback.
2: <laughs> Not yeah. good, man. It is bleak. I'll tell you too, in week fourteen, uh, you know, it's it's been well documented. The buys that are gonna hit on good in week fourteen. This starting lineup is probably it's it's Dak and Mac Jones. His running backs are probably Joe Mixon and Dante Foreman, which is not terrible. You could survive with that. And his wide receivers are most likely going to be Mike Williams, Jerry Judy, if they're healthy. Both of them are are questionable for this week, obviously. DJ Chark, Tyler Conklin, Mac Hollins, and then his last two flexes, like maybe Terrace Marshall and romeo dobbs or something like that it's i don't know it's it's not pretty
0: yeah and i think that's why he's most likely to go to waffle house which is i think is kind of a bummer Uh, i've talked with some of the boys about this off air with him being down in florida we don't really get to enjoy the experience of going and seeing that person Uh, and also financially nobody's going to be buying you waffles um, that's true that's
2: a full ticket
0: i'm not super worried about on not actually doing the challenge correctly and not cheating but i have a little worry there
2: there it i as somebody who's done it before it would be really easy to cheat like i yeah it, i i obviously even live in indian and it would be easy and i'm like for on living living as far away as he does like he could do it if he wanted to
0: yeah. Um, hopefully he does it. I think he will, assuming he does finish last. Um, let's look at his uh, draft capital going forward, because when you look at teams in dynasty, if they have bad current players, they should at least have a lot of picks going forward, right? Correct. And this think... year,
2: it this year it's Josh's first, which is either one point oh nine or one point ten. You would have to imagine. He has his own second, which will be good. That'll be two points. You know, he'll essentially 1. have two picks and probably a three or four pick span at the turn. Um, he's going to be snake drafting it, man. Yeah. And then he's got his own fourth this year. And then next year, he doesn't have a first. Next year, he only has a single a single second, um, as well as some leader round picks. That's and then so even into 2025, he doesn't have a second. So there's. Uh, it's bleak, and this is exactly—I mean, I don't—I don't mean to sound like a broken record from what what Josh has talked about a bunch, but it's like, it's it's you got to question like keeping keeping a player like Alvin Kamara. I know it's you know it, it, it could theoretically keep him from from having to go to Waffle House, but imagine the pain if if he keeps Alvin Kamara, still goes to Waffle House and doesn't get to reap the the you know draft pick benefit of of dealing Kamara.
0: Brian, can I tell you a secret? You can. Nobody's gonna trade for Kamara. And then he's gonna gotten, get suspended. I think you could have gotten something at the trade deadline. Uh at the trade deadline, yeah. Because That's what I'm I saying. think he's yeah, he's pretty safe. I mean, he is safe for the rest of the season, but next season, he's gonna miss he's gonna miss some games, a lot of games. Yeah. And, and he's 27. And he's not getting any younger. I, you look at the draft capital that Ongood has, it's bad. Compare that to what Mike has. Mike has a bad team too, although it's starting to perform pretty well. He has a ton of picks in the future. I mean, you, it's a list. He has at least, I'd say, at least one pick from everybody in the league, it looks like. Pretty much.
2: I, I, another team down there that I really worry for is Colin. Colin doesn't have his own first this year. So he's, he's not picking until, you know, depending on where he finishes, like it could be as as far down as like the fifteenth pick in the draft or sixteenth pick, depending on how things fall. Like that could be really rough. And your chances of just getting like an you know an instant impact player at fifteen and sixteen are is just a lot less likely.
0: Yeah, it's bad. Uh, I'm thankful that it seems like none of us are in that position. Matt, your team has been absolutely balling out lately. And I, I, Matt, I I do think your team, at least this season, is better than mine. So at at this point, and I think you kind of hint at it in your power rankings this week, I'm not trying to get you out of the playoffs. I'm trying to get Tommy out of the playoffs because he's the guy who still has some buys coming up. Whereas your team, Matt, I mean, you're locked and loaded to just go on a tear when you make it in the playoffs.
1: Right. My my team is really nice because, I mean, I don't want to say my team is really nice, but the buys the buys have been helpful for my team where I got, you know, it was like two or three weeks ago, week 10, where I came in last place and just kind of like, I was like, Woof, you know, what the heck happened here? I had, you know, T. Higgins and Mark Andrews and Lamar all on a buy that week. A.J. Brown had his buy already early. Um, You know, so I look at my team with buys and it's just like everybody's good. Like the only person I'm going to miss in week 14 is David Montgomery and Cordero Patterson. So like one of my flex spots might not be the most ideal situation, but even then, like I still feel like I can post a minute, like a minimum seventh place or better. And if I, you know, perform this week like seventh, seventh place next week, hopefully is enough to, you know, keep me ahead of Tommy and and you. So we'll see. I like I like my spot though.
0: Yeah, not only is your team good, um, you've also been pretty efficient, and I think that's something that we haven't really talked about that much in the podcast this season. If I could direct your attention to Mike's Excel sheet the dashboard tab Mm -hmm. you can look at the max points and look at the uh efficiency and matt you seem to be number one in efficiency over the course of this past season and i mean i i think that has a lot to do with uh or or that shows a lot um it shows you who are who the good managers are right
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm very flattered when you say good manager. Uh, It shows that my bench isn't that good. (laughs) You know, I've got, I've had a lot of things go my way where like, yeah, you know, Kadarius Tony being on the chiefs makes me excited. Maybe not this year, but next year, like, you know, Cordero getting hurt allowed me to start Tyler Algier a couple games and the games I played him, like he did well. So I've been, lucky enough to start people in positions where like they've been successful. But if you look at my overall max points, like based on, and if you look at Mike's table points for the max points, I should be the what fourth worst team.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this, you can't look at this statistic as something showing how good your team is. I think it shows more directly whether you're making the correct decisions week to week. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I had the week where I started Algier and Cordero Patterson at the same time, like who in their right mind starts both Falcons running backs and they both go for 12 plus. I had the week where I started Jawan Johnson and he got me 17.6. Like you take some risks and, uh, paid off sometimes
0: if you look at mike's efficiency i think he's in a a weird spot and i think on in a similar spot as well when your team in terms of skill level is so flat across starting players and bench that's when it makes it really difficult so like you were saying it does make it easier if you have a top heavy team you Mm -hmm. just start the guys that you know are your 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 ballers i mean if you have bad players on your bench you're never going to start them Whereas Mike, he has a few really good players, but then the rest, a lot of them are just same skill level and, and it's difficult to to make those picks. I would have expected Josh's efficiency to be a little bit higher with how top heavy his team seems to be. Um, but he he's not even in the top four for efficiency over the, the course of the season. Uh, but it does it it's also weird that you're the, the number one in efficiency, and both Dylan and Josh are, what are they listed? They're fourth and fifth in efficiency, but they're the top two in the table. I don't know what that means, but I wanted to point it out.
2: Yeah, that is very interesting. It, it definitely speaks to a discrepancy in that.
0: Yeah, fun stuff. All yeah. right, well, outside of on OnGood, uh, let's jump into this upcoming week's projections Uh, we've already noted that it's a three horse race, probably more of a two horse race between myself and Tommy for that fourth playoff spot. Um, Brian, how's your team looking for next week? You're feeling pretty comfortable. I mean, you don't really have much on the line going in these last two weeks.
2: Yeah, it's pretty, for me, it's pretty much just avoid back to back disastrous finishes. It's, you know, I just, I, I need it you know, a four point week, a three point week, a six point week, whatever it might be um, just to, just to make sure I don't, don't put myself into jeopardy in week in week 14. Um, my, I, you know, I, I feel like my team definitely has a higher floor than I did last year. Uh, my big problem right now is as it has been all season long is running backs. I, um, I had multiple running backs go out with, significant injuries this week um elijah mitchell went back out after having you know returned for a couple games kind of makes you worry that he's you know he's done for for a while now uh in terms of having a, a serious role in the backfield uh michael carter uh left the game with an injury um i had to spend pretty big fab dollars to go get his backup um and, and even then, there's kind of two guys that might be splitting the Jets backfield between uh Zonovan Knight and Ty Johnson. But anyway, uh Michael Carter goes out. He's he's technically questionable for this week. Um, but you know, just hard to tell at this point whether or not he's gonna play. Khalil Herbert's still on IR, Chase Edmonds is still on IR, Brees Hall is still on IR. Um, so it's just kind of one blow after another after another. So fortunately, I have Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson has been I'm I, Praise, uh, praise the Lord for for making me keep uh, Jeff Wilson. I was seriously considering trading him for you know chump change kind of you know for a third or something like that at the deadline, just because I thought he was down and out in San Francisco. And lo and behold, he gets flipped to Miami and and somehow establishes himself as a as a valuable player there. Uh, like I said, I I dropped dropped like one hundred and ten dollars on Zonovan night. Don't even know for sure if he's going to be the one getting the most carries out of that backfield, but uh, he looked pretty decent when he came in for Michael Carter. Um, my bigger fear there is just that they fall behind to the Vikings by, you know, 20 or 30 points early in the game and don't run the ball. Um, but, yeah, it's just, you know, I just can't seem to escape, escape the running back position.
0: Yeah, you're a little banged up, but still solid team, and you're not trying to fight against going to Waffle House, you're not fighting for a playoff spot. I think we talked about it a little bit. Really that uh first round pick for next season that you traded me. That's what you're trying to yep trying Just to make yourself as, feel better about. Yeah. Yep. Keep it as high as,
1: or as low as possible, I guess.
0: Matt, you feeling pretty good about your team next week?
1: Uh, projections wise, I feel really good. I'm the yeah second highest projected scoring team. Um I don't know. My biggest worry is <coughs> excuse me. Um, freaking Lamar. You know, Lamar Jackson still is listed as QB five, and like thankfully the game against Jacksonville actually got kind of close. But, you know, you look at his last like five or six weeks. I mean, even then outside of the first the first three weeks of the season, he was a stud, which that's part of the reason why he's quarterback five. But like since then it's thirteen. 15, 10.7, you know, he gets a 21-point game against Tampa, and then it's 16-and-a-half, comes off the bye, 15-and-a-half, you know. And to Denver's credit, like, Denver's defense isn't that bad. So I'm just like, can I get some – thank you, Winnie. Can I get some, like, marginally better Lamar Jackson? Then I'll feel really good, but –
0: yeah, he's yeah, got a, a red matchup this week. Yeah, I know. I got a lot of green not matchups good. and
1: some green matchups and big guys, you know. i Dan Jones. Against... He's got a real green matchup. Nice. Vince Lamar, come on. I will not do that. <laughs> Sloan, how,
0: how are you feeling? I mean, how are you feeling about your team? Not great. Running backs are hurt. Most hurts hurt. Fournette was hurt. Um, and even with both of those guys, I split back backfield at best. For both of those teams, with the Dolphins and the Buccaneers, with Rashad White taking some uh, touches away uh, from Fournette, and you already said Jeff Wilson taking away touches from Mostert, so not great. Uh, McCaffrey's been on the injury report, but I think he—I'm already seeing right now that he's going to be playing this upcoming week. Um, overall, I feel okay. I'm excited to see Ramondre play tonight. I think that'll be fun but in terms of matchups not great matchups for most of my players and yeah i mean my team's just been does, downhill
2: does mccaffrey's uh you know performance in san francisco so far scare you at all
0: no i'm i'm happy that he's there i mean he's getting consistent points he's not scoring 20 plus points each week like i'd like him to but i'm not worried no
2: okay I just see he you know the the last three weeks with his snap share starting to drop some um I feel like he's he's not really getting the rushing touches that he was getting in Carolina I, you know just wasn't sure where you were at on him
0: are you just trying to point out that he's probably not as good of an asset as some people think especially well, since you okay. were the one who traded him to me
2: <laughs> I do believe we had a bet going on about uh you know whether the number 1 and number 2 picks would would outscore christian mccaffrey
0: maybe i don't remember that bet five years or so sounds familiar yeah he's been okay i wish he played better but i wish my entire team played better and i don't think i'll make the playoffs and when the offseason starts i'll think about what i want to do going forward and maybe make some moves
2: you're gonna try and blow it up you think
0: after this season maybe I don't have a lot of young young assets. I have a few good young assets in Ramondre and maybe Brandon Ayuk. Gabe Davis, probably not as good as I wanted him to be going forward unless Stefan Diggs, something happens to him. So I might have to make some moves, some major moves would this offseason.
2: Would you be uh, changing your tune and trying to acquire first-round picks or would you be looking for like you know, young guys in their first or second
0: year or something like that. I think I'd probably be looking for young guys first and foremost. And then if I'm not able to make any headway with that, then look for picks. It all depends what people are willing to trade. Good stuff. Yeah. Matt, what's your plan? Let's say you make the playoffs. You don't win. What are your moves in the off season? Mm.
1: Well, I've got, uh, I it really depends on – I mean, I'm not upset with not winning. I'd like to make the playoffs and do as well as I can. Um, you know, I've got Austin's second-round pick, uh, which right now is looking like it's going to be 2-2. So, in the grand scheme of things, like, really regretting trading for Zach Wilson with Mike um, at the beginning of the season. Very happy I was able to trade away Zach Wilson to Austin and improved – like my pick in a second round. So, you know, that was a, that was a win there. Um, Excited to see what Amari Cooper does with Deshaun Watson, but I guess my hope really is just to try and find, I guess, some players in the second round that I think can be a like more immediate, like flex level people. I guess I'd love to find a stud, but A quarterback would be nice. I'd love to hear that Malik Willis is the starting quarterback for Tennessee. That's my big thing. Um, My other big, my biggest worry this offseason is there are a ton of running backs that are free agents this year. I have two of them, and David Montgomery and Devin Singletary, um, which, you know, I'd love for them to either stay where they're at and continue to be the number one back or find a spot where they can be the number one back still. But you never know um, yeah
0: yeah it's I don't, I don't i don't
1: foresee myself like blowing my team up or like making any like major trade unless i'm acquiring somebody that i think can go but even if i don't win this year like in all actuality i mean outside of like Cordero Patterson this is probably his last year like Tom Brady in terms of my starters is really the only guy that's not necessarily in the same age bracket as a lot of my other players so I think I'll still be pretty competitive next year it's definitely tough early
0: on in the offseason because Uh not moves aren't being made in the real life NFL so it's hard to see what's gonna what the picture is gonna look like next season but then, when you get past the draft and closer into training camp, that's when it's easier to see what next season is going to be like and make those moves. And remind me, trades they open up as soon as the last week ends. Is that correct, or do we have a waiting period? If I thought that know.
2: they opened up immediately,
0: I think they open up immediately okay. as well. Yeah, that's what I thought. And I think that is the best way to do it. I think we should maybe even think about moving the trade deadline back and delay it at least
1: a week or two. What are your guys thoughts on that? I I was thinking the exact same thing. I see. I just think I'm at, and not to compare us to the real NFL, but I know like a lot of NFL GMs and owners are pushing to move their trade deadline back as well. Um, I don't know. I like the idea of like giving teams a little bit more time to decide whether or not they're going to be competitive or not, you know? Um, Plus it gives also like us a little more time to see post-trade deadline, like how people are doing, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that way. Like for example, Brian, like Jeff Wilson. I mean, obviously you needed to keep Jeff Wilson this year, but let's say Brees Hall doesn't get hurt. And your running back room isn't as terrible, and you're like, man, like Jeff Wilson actually looks really good in Miami. Let me see if I can send him off to, you know, Tommy or Matt or you know, you Sloan or something like that to get some value, and then like we get a guy that can help us win the the playoffs this year. You know, like I don't necessarily know that there's a, a downside to it. I don't think we should push it beyond Week Twelve. Like I think even just one week to week eleven would be good. But I was going to
2: say I think week eleven is the is the is a great spot to move it to. I think that would be so. I you know we talked a lot at this deadline too about how the bottom teams were. You know it seemed seemed like they were timid to make big moves because they felt like they they needed those players to avoid Waffle House, and not to say that would change significantly from ten to eleven. But I just think there would be teams that, you know, if, if they have a good week 10, um, you know, or maybe are even having a good week 11, uh, you know, maybe on that Monday night of week 11, they're feeling more comfortable to, you know, make a big deal to, to realign their team's timeline or, you know, go out and acquire a first round pick or whatever it may be. So I, I think week 11 could be a lot of fun. And then it's just, you know, right after the trade deadline, it's a sprint to the finish line, like just 12, 12, 13, 14.
0: Yeah, I like the the later the idea of having a later trade deadline because you do have a little more certainty in whether you're going to be competitive for the playoffs or trying to stay away from Waffle House. And I think it would make trades a little more intense as well because you you have that certainty. So you're like, hey, I know I'm going to need a player like this or, you know, I'm trying to sell my team because I know I'm not going to make the playoffs and I'm not going to be good next season. So I'm trying to get some future picks to help me. I don't think there's any downside to keeping it where it or any downside to extending it past where we currently have it. No reason to, right. It only helps you out. I think, and I think the trade deadline is kind of dumb overall because what purpose does it serve? I think it, I, you know, theoretically it
2: stops. Um it stops those like, you know, when you get to a point where, you know, you're, you're locked into the playoffs, you know, you're, uh, you know, locked out of the playoffs from these just like mass sell-offs. I think that's more important in a league where you don't know each other. Um, Because I I feel like we would kind of collectively hold each other accountable to any kind of like, you know, quote unquote collusion or anything like that. Like I don't, I don't envision any of our owners doing that but I think that's the idea behind it and I I feel like it also just creates kind of a fun um a fun deadline uh or a fun you know cap on when you can trade like there I was definitely spending that entire Monday night um you know waiting for that Eagles game to finish texting a bunch of owners like I just think it creates a, a a fun you know fun fun experience I guess
1: yeah. yeah, I think of it from the viewpoint too is like I like the fact that you have to lock in your team and be like hey this is my squad this is what I'm rolling with Like, let's go do it and try and win something um, as opposed to saying like okay you know I found out especially like I think of it from this side too like right now you know for you example if we didn't have the trade deadline and it comes out that you know, Tommy, myself, Dylan, and Josh all make the playoffs, you know, what's to stop one of us from sending you, you know, I think, of, I mean, not me, cause I don't have the picks for it, but you know, like I think of like Dylan being like, Oh, Hey Sloan, I'll give you like right before the playoffs start, I'm talking like week 15. Hey, I'll give you my first round pick and insert so-and-so if you give me Tyreek Hill.
0: You're saying before week 15 or before week 14?
1: I mean, just like at any point, like, you know, we find – yeah, like you realize you have a terrible week 13 or a terrible week 12. You were in the playoff hunt. Now you're out. You're not a bottom feeder team, but you're like, hey, I'm not winning next year. I'm old. And Dylan's like, cool, I'm going to capitalize because I have some capital and some young people. Let me go ahead and add this superstar. Whereas – you know, I mean, obviously it plays to like holding on to assets and doing your thing from there. But I, I, think just don't, li- I don't like adding a like having giving people the ability to do that right. at such a crucial point.
0: I think you should be able to do it before week 15. So you can make that last week or before week 14, rather. So you can make that last week push to get into the playoffs or to get out of Waffle House. I I think that would make it really exciting.
2: That would be kind of the ultimate, uh, you know, like we've talked about how Waffle House changes player values. I think that would definitely do it. Like if we were to, to add that on to it, I'm not advocating for that, but just, you know, if, if that were the case, imagine, you know, some of the deals that would go through from, you know, like in this case, like in Austin, like Austin definitely not looking to go to Waffle House. I mean, obviously nobody is, but, you know, he's going to go, he could very well make a big deal. You know, if we were still able to trade to try and get himself one more player to get himself out of Waffle House.
0: I think that's great. I think that's what we want in the league. And I think you should also be able to make these quicker, maybe more emotional decisions just because you don't want to go to Waffle House. Hey, I'm going to try to trade whatever future assets I have to get the player that's going to help me stay out of Waffle House. It's definitely something we'll talk during the rules call uh, this upcoming offseason. And I think most people, if not everyone, will be in favor of pushing it past week. What do we have? Week 10 right now, pushing it at least one more week. Um, And then maybe in the future, we'll we'll, uh, get it even further than that. But since we're past the trade deadline, waivers are a big deal. So I figured we could spend some time talking about the waivers this past week and it seems like the tuesday night waivers are always the big ones right you see what happens in the, the the past week's games you see who's hurt and then you try to make those bids and get those players who might help you uh going forward brian do you want to kick it off since you had gotten the uh the player you wanted with well i guess two players you spent 110 dollars on each so if you could go ahead and run down those players, why you picked them up and how you came to the dollar amount that you ended up bidding them for.
2: Yeah. So, um, both of them were obviously, uh, backups to running backs of mine that got injured. So, uh, Michael, Michael Carter left the games on a night was the one that was coming in to, to fill in for him. Um, Jordan Mason, uh, kind of same deal with, um, with Elijah Mitchell. It seems pretty clear that the Niners don't Want to just use CMC, uh, you know, the entire game. He's at you know sixty to sixty-five percent snap share right now, and it was clear that Elijah Mitchell was was the you know uh, the rundown back. Um, and I, I'm you know this is just kind of a shot in the dark that Jordan Mason fills in that that void uh, over the the rest of the season. It may not materialize, or you know, he he may just not get enough touches to to make it worth having. Um, Zonovan Knight, though, I mean, he definitely was was well used. He got 14 carries. He had three targets in the passing game. Like, you know, I, I don't think he'll be a a you know huge difference maker. But I I, I would definitely start him this week if Michael Carter's out. Um, in terms of the 110, it was mostly you know for for my bid number. It was mostly just because I had. 400 plus dollars left in fab i know i pretty much have you know two to three more meaningful weeks and you know only five or six more more weeks total in in the season and you know you just in my opinion like you don't want to walk into the off season with any extra fab because that's just you know it's kind of a waste in my opinion so um obviously didn't need to use it on jordan mason um and i you know could have bid a little lower on Zonovan knight but i'm i'm more than happy to walk out walk out of this
0: week with both those guys you can't take your fab with you so you might as well spend it i agree you didn't get hasty unfortunately austin picked him up for ten dollars you bid zero yep that one i was
2: less worried about because etn seems to like he's on track to play yeah i also went for uh benny snell who also i don't think is going to be as you know as important as he originally as i originally thought he was going to be but uh Mike uh, somehow somehow got the priority there.
0: Yeah, I think with Jalen Warren being there as well uh, in Pittsburgh, he's not Benny Snell's not the the biggest asset you want off waivers. Um, Austin also picked up Demarcus Robinson, wide receiver for the Ravens. I have no idea who that is. He bid one dollar on it. Dropped Colt McCoy and Austin yesterday, uh, or maybe that was even. Yeah, that was yesterday. Picked up Richie James, who I believe had been picked up and dropped by someone else. Uh, Well, picked up by Austin earlier in the season, then also picked up by Mike, and then re-picked up by Austin again. I know nothing about him other than the Giants' wide receivers are banged up, and there's not too many good ones. Is that right?
2: Yeah, it's pretty much uh, – it's um... – pretty much him and, and Darius Slayton at this point uh, that are left. So
0: did uh, it? Wandales hurt? Is that right? Wandales
2: out for the year. Okay. Torn ACL. ACL.
0: Wow. All right. Yeah. No, no
2: second round pick for Josh. I know he was banking on that.
0: Yeah. Uh, so those were waivers. None processed tonight. Kind of unfortunate. Uh, I was hoping to see a little bit of movement we could have talked about, but. Finishing up with that, let's uh Matt, you had sent us all an email today with your updated power rankings and I really liked the addition you had with the playoff chances and waffle house chances. Mm-hmm. So if you'd like to explain uh the power rankings just generally and then we can dive into some of the teams, uh the floor is yours.
1: Yeah, um so I know I had gotten some uh some heat earlier in the year from you and Josh about you know, what kind of my metric is for why I rank teams the way I do. Um, I feel like at the beginning of the season, it's more of a crapshoot and you have to base it more on. I like to base the beginning of the season more on current production as opposed to like where you're at with less like future long-term, long-term outlook. And as we get more data on teams you'd be like, yeah, okay, this team's actually pretty legit or these guys are good. Um, I don't want to do a told you so, uh, but I feel very vindicated having on good last. No offense to on good. I feel like we're crapping on on good this episode, so I'm sorry, but I think that's okay. It's yeah. the, it's the reality of the situation. Don't trade all your players to Josh and then we won't do this. I mean, Hey, Josh has the minor league system working because he's got a great team and he gets the number one pick next year.
0: Well, yeah, you
1: look at Josh,
0: he's <laughs> trending towards, uh, I mean, he is, he's, the favorite to win the league and on good is the favorite to go to waffle house. And that's what happens when you trade all your good players to another team. So
1: besides that, just a little tidbit. Um, I like doing the little percentage thing. I try to give like a, a best guesstimate kind of looking, especially with two weeks left, but the odds. So as far as the playoff chances go, um, shout out to Dylan for clinching a playoff spot. Um, you know, minimum, he has to get one point the next two weeks. The most points that you can earn Sloan if you win the next two weeks is 94. Dylan's guaranteed to finish with 95, so he's going to make it. Um, <clears throat> Josh, theoretically, like, worst would finish with 94. Based on his points four, like, he would be in. So, literally – josh needs to not finish last one of the next two like if he doesn't finish last he's going to be in um so they're pretty much locks but like i kind of have for the playoff chances for us like i still think tommy's team overall is better than mine and if he's in the playoffs like i like his chances more so than me um but week 14 like really hurts him uh which is why he's a little bit lower um you know, but I still think I still think like you, Tommy, and I all have realistic shots at making the playoffs and like some oh, yeah. realistic chances at not making it. So, tried to keep it like more so close there. Uh, as far as Waffle House goes, as you can read in like my little blurbs, literally Brian just needs to beat OnGood this week and extend by a point. I mean, even like as long as Brian finishes ahead of OnGood, he can't come and last. Um, cause they'll have a 10 point lead and the most you can gain on somebody in a given week is nine. So, um, but as I say, table shows no mercy. So Brian very well could lay to super egg and Mac Jones might go bonkers tonight. Who knows? Collins kind of in the same spot. I still like his matchups this week, so I think he's pretty much safe, um, Mike, same kind of deal. His trio of Mahomes, Tua, and Waddle, I really like. And he just like consistently finds a way to get three to five table points every week. I don't think Ongood has the ability to get more than three or four in a given week. Mm-hmm. Really, my I think it comes down to Austin and Ongood. Um, and again, both of them have kind of crappy week 14 scenarios. Ongood's is way worse. So... I think OnGood is clearly the favorite. The only way things shake out where he might not be the favorite is if, you know, knock on wood, Austin suffers some horrible injury or his team just lays a massive goose egg, and OnGood finds a way to, you know, sneak past a couple teams that don't perform as well, and he can kind of make it pretty much a they have to beat each other. Um, so, yeah.
0: Brian, you got any questions, comments, or concerns on the power rankings?
1: Uh,
2: no, I I think Matt did a really good job with this. I uh, I I guess the one thing that that is interesting to me is just the um, the difference between Austin's percentage chance of Waffle House and Mike's. I think you did did a good job explaining why that is. Um, but I think just you know I. I tend to rule out Mike because I think his his roster has really improved uh this season um through trades and through you know just just uh attrition from Jalen Waddle and, and two and all that. Um but yeah, he could still make it. I mean, you know, he gets he gets a dud week from from a couple of those guys and he's he's right there. Um which which is pretty crazy considering, you know, like Early in the, you know, before the season, we were when we were at Boys Weekend, we, you know, so many of us were just utterly convinced that he was gonna be last by ten to fifteen table points. And here he is, yet again holding his head above water, staving off saving off a date with the waffles.
0: I'm so looking forward to Mike's team in the next two to three years. And I really hope it does become a dynasty. Because if you go this many years, I mean, uh, two years of trying to fend off Waffle House, it, it's got to pay off somehow if you're playing your cards right. I, I I'm. He's got.
2: He, he's going to have a really, really good team. Like, it's it's not just that he's got all the draft capital, but he already kind of has the pillars of a dynasty in terms of. Mahomes is going to be great to us all of a sudden seems to be a franchise quarterback waddle is like your ideal fantasy wide receiver you know Najee and deontay are nice um nice pieces like he's got uh you know guys like guys like garrett wilson and and jameson williams and all them um i mean you know theoretically he probably walks out of this draft with with Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, B. John Robinson—you know some combination of of those guys. Yeah, I mean, I I think he is locked and loaded for for a dynasty.
0: And we've really ar- already talked about it. On good's probably in the worst position of everyone in the league, right? I mean, just yeah. no good players right now. Draft capital not not really there. Yeah, I would I
2: would I would argue Colin could be, too, Um, especially like if Russell Wilson, like doesn't figure it out. He could all of a sudden find himself at one, you know, at at two starting quarterbacks. And it's like Jamal Williams probably not replicating the year that he's had. Adam Thielen's pretty old. Um, His flexes right now are Isaiah Pacheco, Antonio Gibson and Alan Lazard, who, you know probably not super sticky performances year to year. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And then, yeah, it's no first round pick this year. I don't know. What What are your thoughts, Matt? Who's in the worst position?
1: I still think Ongan's in a worse position just because, you know, you mentioned those pillars uh, that Mike has. Like Justin Herbert is a really great quarterback to have. Derek Carr I don't think is going anywhere necessarily in Vegas. Um, I like Miles Sanders, you know, CD lamb, Isaiah Pacheco looks like he's kind of taken over the Kansas city backfield. And if Kansas city thinks they have something there, I feel like they're the type of team that'll draft elsewhere to like bolster the receiving core or make that defense better. So you like that, you know, Javante Williams will kind of fingers crossed hope that he turns into what he, um, was and think we can be, but he at least has that on his bench um, you know, Greg Dolchitz at tight end kind of taking off, but I think he has more pieces that I like long term than on good does. And he's got a second round pick as well. But you know, I just think if guys don't get in situations for Colin, I think he might need to try and sell some pieces off too. But it's a matter of like what pieces, like we've said, like what what things can you sell and what value do people have you know, if you want to buy into getting younger and getting better, you know, and this all, I think about this and I just like, I think back to Mike and Josh to a good extent too, of like, <clears throat> man, you know, not to say that, you know, you Sloan or OnGood or Austin or Colin were wrong. And like your evaluations of first round picks, but just like, I feel like Mike and Josh both really capitalized on hey, I will give you this like high level player for a guy that like I think has some value to get better and you give me this first round pick as well or Mike was you know the king of getting second round picks on and it just like so many moves you're like oh yeah, Mike got this person and a second like whatever to so now it's like damn, Mike has you know nine of the top 20 picks in the 2023 draft in addition to all these studs that he has or Josh has now, you know, created this super team and oh hey, he's got the number 1 pick in the draft. Like it would be interesting to see if people are going to be able to in the future make moves like that or if it's going to be tougher to, you know, swing deals like that or you know, I think year 2 we're still learning a lot of stuff, but you know, hindsight 2020 looking back on it, I'm like, man, why didn't I trade, you know, why didn't I trade Tom Brady? two years ago. Why did I think that I could make the playoffs and not send Tom Brady to somebody who needed it for like their first round pick and, you know, make them a schmuck, but. I'm so happy. I didn't
0: trade for Tom Brady. <laughs> Feels good. Well, you guys have any uh, closing comments about anything before we wrap it up?
1: I'm really excited to watch the Austin on good battle this week. I think honestly I could, I'm going to be concerned with my team, but I think I'm more excited to see is can Ongan make up any ground on Austin? So we have this like just gauntlet battle in week 14 of garbage team versus garbage team on who finishes second to last versus last, or, you know, are we going to be pretty set in stone that Ongan's going to Waffle House after this week? I love, uh, I love to think back to like the
2: episode five five weeks ago or so when you guys were talking about how, you know, the, the, the league was boring and there wasn't much to watch and stuff. And it's like you look at, you know, I think the most fascinating is what Matt's talking about of, you know, what, what happens with the bottom of the table in terms of Waffle House. I think the second most interesting is this battle for playoff spots. Uh, three and four who comes out there and then i think there's even some interest in terms of like dylan and josh for that extra half table point in the playoffs like that could come in handy and you know they're they're separated by only a point right now like that's that's another thing that you know to to just really enjoy getting to keep an eye on over these next two weeks it's going to be a really really fun finish
0: it's been a pretty good season so far and i think it's going to get even better it was a pleasure having the Doughboys on the podcast this week. I would like to have Josh back next week. Not sure if he's going to be back uh, from vacation in Hawaii, but uh, if not, we'll we'll do something fun, and maybe we'll have the Doughboys back. We'll see. All right, everybody, have a good week, and uh, God bless. Yep. Hail Purdue. Go no Boilers.